A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Thank you for joining the conversation on Colloquium. This episode is brought to you by Excelsior Capital, an investment platform focused on democratizing private equity by providing individuals access to direct opportunities. To learn more about the firm, please visit excelsiorgp.com and connect with Brian on LinkedIn. Hello and welcome to the conversation on Colloquium. Today I have Max Anderson with 360 privacy with me. This is going to be really interesting, especially in the family office world. I've seen a lot more panels and and topics and breakout sessions about cybersecurity, social identity, social media privacy, um, just digital security in general. And you are a subject matter expert in this space. So I'm really excited to kind of unpack it. Before we get into it, if you could just give a little bit of background on yourself and the firm. Yeah, no, hey, thanks for having me here. Um, So I have worked with 360 Privacy uh, for over a year now um, as a partner for the the previous company that I worked with. We worked very closely hand in hand. um, And I joined the team earlier this summer uh, as their chief revenue officer. So I came on board to really help uh, get this product into the hands of our um, potential target clients, which you know, really are high profile, high net worth individuals, uh, family offices, multifamily offices, and corporate security teams. Uh, my background is in the field of protective intelligence, and I worked for a, a security and risk management firm out of here on the West Coast. I'm Seattle based um, and uh, worked with, you know, high net worth families and folks uh, focusing on issues like stalkers and crazy people that showed up at their front door um, and how to prevent that from happening. So it was a really natural fit to move over from the physical security. Uh, kind of threat landscape into this new digital and, and cybersecurity world. So I'm um, happy to be here and, and love to, to get into everything that we do to help our clients. So I like to define terms because I feel like oftentimes we just say these things, we don't really necessarily know what they mean. And when I've got people on for free, I can learn. So what is, uh, what is digital protection? Yeah, no. So that's a that's a great uh, great question. And what we find is is most of the work that we do in this space is actually educating our clients on uh, what the current threat landscape is and and what this all means because it is a very 
uh, tricky space. There's a lot of terms like the dark web and cybersecurity and, and endpoint protection that get thrown around. So what we do at 360 Privacy is we remove the personally identifiable information known as PII from over 320 different websites that exist. These websites are uh, legally able to buy and sell people's personal data. So from a problem set, what ends up happening is these websites create a profile on an individual. When you do something like sign up for a shopper loyalty card um, or sign up for a gym membership or purchase a vehicle or sign up for a credit card, pretty much anywhere where you give your information away on a form that you fill out, that information gets compiled, uh, bought and sold and it ends up on these websites. And so what we do is we go out there and we scan these websites for our clients' data, uh, such as their social security numbers, birth dates, home addresses, things like that, and we knock it down. Uh, unfortunately, there is no uh, like magic bullet to make this just permanently go away. Uh, it, the, the laws that govern this practice um, are heavily influenced by targeted advertising on, on social media and other places. So it's a problem that's never going to go away. Um, we can't fix it for everybody, but we work uh, very closely with our clients to create you know, tailored solutions to go through, find their information and remove it um, for a variety of different purposes. And, and to be clear, you don't work in the physical protection space. Is that correct? Correct. We have strong partners um, that we work with as well. That, that is my background. When it comes to physical space, uh, at one of the services that we provide kind of at our, our concierge level is we will work with our clients. We'll come into their home and check things like their home network um, to make sure their home network is secure, um, that there's no open access ports where an outsider could try to tap into their home network to um, stream their home security cameras somewhere that they're recording, right? Things like that. Um, we'll also come in and check their devices, their cell phones, tablets, laptops, and make sure that there's nothing nefarious that's on them. Um, we'll put some uh, security overlays, uh, a VPN, which is a virtual private network to make sure that their IP address is hidden. Um, just layers of the onion, if you will, that we can that we can sort of add on um, to create multiple layers of security, but not to the sense that it's so uh, complex that it's like a, a brick where it's basically useless, right? We, we wanna make it that our clients are able to still use their technology um, seamlessly and, and technology is a part of all of our daily lives. And so what we do is we uh, make sure that it's safe and secure so that they're able to operate without um, you know, being exploited by a bad actor out there. So that leads me to this question that I wanted to ask, and you you referenced this just a minute ago. We are all, not me, but <laughs> many high net worth individuals and families who still have ongoing business concerns are in many ways their own brands, and they have their their they are their own media companies that are leveraging social media and online platforms and presences to 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 make money, how do you balance this need for them to constantly be in the public eye with maintaining their, their digital security? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. We fully recognize uh, the need for uh, online marketing, um, using social media to, to get your brand out there. We work with a lot of professional athletes where you know Instagram is life and, and that is part of um, your profile. And, and frankly, uh, folks are monetizing that and, and they're making a lot of money by doing it. So we're never going to take a professional athlete and say, hey, you can't have an Instagram profile because that's not realistic. They'll tell us to pound sand and, and go have a conversation with somebody else. Um, so what we do is we do training with our clients to make sure that they understand how to do things uh, smartly on social media. Like uh, an example I often use is if you take a picture in front of your house uh, make sure your address, like the numbers in front of your house, aren't visible in the background so that if somebody is trying to figure out where you live, they can't see that. 
Um, so we'll do some some general security hygiene is what we call it, kind of digital hygiene training um, on best practices. Um, you know, when you go out to a restaurant and you want to post a picture, do it once you've left the restaurant, not while you're there. Um, if you take a picture and post it and somebody's actively trying to find you uh, and they're following your, your social media accounts, they can set up alerts that notify them every time you post. So it's really easy to sort of track somebody down and, and become kind of this digital stalker that can transition into the, the actual real physical world. Yeah, but, and it's, I think it's only going to be harder <laughs> moving forward for you. So I don't envy the, the job that you have. And a lot of it's probably client management, I would think. Um, most it like is. agents it and is. business managers have. Yeah, Yeah, and 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 that's kind of our, our space. You know, we are not a true um, pure technology company, right? We are a client services company that is, you know, technologically enabled and empowered. Um, so we leverage our proprietary tech that we built internally to look for our clients' information and delete it, which makes them much safer from physical attackers, but also people who are trying to hack into their accounts, right? If you look up somebody's profile on one of these data brokerage sites, you'll see things like social security numbers, dates of birth, um, your complete address history. It also links to family members. So if you're trying to answer security password reset questions, like what's the street you grew up on? Well, your parents' address is there. That's pretty easy to figure out. You can find your mother's maiden name. You can find all the answers to these security questions to reset somebody's password. Um, you can also socially engineer uh, people like um, uh, cell phone companies or providers and say, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so, I lost my phone. Can you, you know, turn that one off, replicate it and send me a new one? And I'll have all the answers to that because they're gonna ask me, well, what's your social security number? What's your birth date? What's your address? You'll have all the information. We've seen it happen time and time again where um, somebody is able to get a spoofed cell phone created um, and sent to their address overnight. Um, and so that's what we're, we're able to help our clients with um, is preventing kind of these things from happening. So, so let's, let's talk logistics here and, and get a little bit more granular. How do you, well, first off, <laughs> I assume most of your business is referral based from, from other service providers or, or folks that live in this high net worth family office space is that is that uh, right yeah absolutely so we we have strong relationships with family offices multifamily offices um, some of the institutional uh, finance firms that are that are out there um, again we're not a company that's going to be like a, a true technology company where we have an app that's you know 499 a month and we have to have 50 million subscribers that's not who we are we are a very client services focused um, personal cybersecurity and digital privacy company. Um, and so, yeah, we work with, um, you know, these key stakeholders, they could be um, on the, on the influencer side or the athlete side, right. It can be their agents or their managers. Um, we work with a lot of, um, you know, legal advisors, um, CFOs for family offices. Basically we build relationships with people who are close um, and work with them to make sure that their clients or their um, partners or their principals are being taken care of. Um, at the highest level possible. And that's, that's the service we provide. So once you get the introduction, you get the referral, you come to an agreement, what does step A through Z look like? How do you onboard a client? What is that experience like for them? What can they expect? I'd love to, to the extent that you're allowed to get into a little bit more detail to understand more. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually one of the scary things is how easy it is for us to build out a profile on a, on a client. Um, because <laughs> there's so much information that's out there. So uh, what we'll do is after an introduction, um, I love to do just a, a general overview call, explain sort of who we are, what our backgrounds are, what we do. 
Um, you know, our company has a very unique story in that our founder and CEO, Adam Jackson, is a, a former Green Beret. Um, and he did, um, you know, some of the most intense and uh, important national security work um, for, for the military um, throughout his career. He's then taken those things that he's learned and brought them to the private sector. So we put a, you know, client service and, you know, it's, it's really difficult if I back up a little bit it's really difficult to find a team of people that have this level of expertise that provide this service for individual clients, right? What we see is, is the amount of work that we do and the, the skill set that we bring on the cybersecurity and digital privacy. You'll find that in major Fortune 10, Fortune 50 type companies um, that have the resources to, to bring those people in and, and pay for that experience. Um, you don't necessarily get that on you know, the single or multifamily office side of the house because there's not a lot of people that have done that kind of work, um, frankly. And so we come in and we provide those, those, um, those skill sets to our clients. Um, and so as we bring our clients on, we like to have those introductory calls, explain what it is that we do and, and how it works. Um, and then we move into the enrollment phase. And the enrollment phase is, is super easy. I don't need you to give me your social security number or anything crazy like that. Uh, with your name, your date of birth, and a couple cities that you've lived in, I can build a complete profile on you um, and find all that information. And so once you've agreed to, to move forward, we build out a profile. It takes our team of analysts about 72 hours, um, and we start the deletion process. Within two weeks, we will delete, on average, uh, five or 600 profiles that exist uh, on the open web. And these profiles have things like your social security number, your birth date, your address, um, EIN numbers. If you have your own company, uh, we'll see EIN numbers that are out there. We'll see the VIN numbers for your vehicles, um, a lot of information that you know, it's pretty sensitive and, and you don't want out there. Um, whoa, and we'll whoa, do that whoa. deletion process. Hold on a second. You say that again, like the number, what do you mean by profiles? What does it, it mean? So a profile would be um, a profile that exists online that has my information. So if you were searching for Max Anderson, right? My profile will have my dates of birth, my address, my social security number, and so on. Um, the interesting thing is these, these websites that exist the technology is is so good, frankly, that I'm a junior, and it can it can distinguish, you know, and separate my father's profile, who has the same name as me, from my own. Um, and it takes all this information, it categorizes it, and it builds out a profile. Um, and that profile is is fully comprehensive and has all the information that we've laid out. So we go through and delete that from about 325 different websites right now. Um, so when I say that we delete, you know, five or six hundred profiles within that first couple of weeks. That's because that information is already repopulating. Um, as soon as we knock it down, it pops right back up. And so the, uh, you know, the different the differentiator and services that we provide compared to some competitors that are out there is we have to do these daily scans that find our clients' information and knock it back down. Um, there's others that will do them on a quarterly basis. Do they knock it down? Sure, uh, but unfortunately, that information repopulates within a couple of days of them knocking it down. And if they don't do it again for 90 days. You know that delta where your information is still out there is is really you know almost three full months, um, and so that's kind of the the difference in, in service level that we provide. How often are you coming into a situation where you're just being like doing housekeeping and then being proactive versus dealing with an active threat? Yeah, I would say it's about a 50-50 split. Um, you know, we try to get our, our message out there and work with our clients in a proactive standpoint. It is far easier for us to uh, be proactive in this space than, than to clean up a mess. Um, but honestly, the, the security industry in general, 
um, and particularly cybersecurity, is almost always uh, incident response driven, right? Something happened, somebody's phone got hacked, um, somebody's bank account was taken, their exchange wallet where they were holding Bitcoin got hacked, and that's now been transferred out. You know, there's almost always some reason why they're talking to us, and it's usually never a good reason. Um, so we're comfortable working in both those spaces. Now, I can't, I can't help you after you've been breached in the sense of whatever's been taken, it's gone, right? I can't get that back. That's, that's kind of uh, the point there. Um, but what we can do is, is harden you and make sure that it doesn't happen again. We can also help walk through the process and make sure that anything that is a, and now a vulnerability because of the data that was compromised or stolen is cleaned up. So for example, we'll search the dark web and look for people's emails and passwords. Um, so if your email was, was um, you know, disclosed in a data breach, we'll search and make sure that it's not uh, out there on the dark web. And if it is, we'll find the passwords that are associated with it in plain text. Um, and we'll come to you and say, look, we have found these passwords that are associated with your accounts. If you're using this password for anything, because we know that people use the same password for Netflix and their banking app and fantasy football or whatever, even though we can tell people over and over again, don't use the same password, right? We're all humans, we all do it because we're tired of remembering passwords. Um, we'll help walk through that remediation process and, and clean up kind of all those vulnerabilities that are out there. So, especially within the high net worth individual and family office space, in your experience, what is the most typical threat or vulnerability that you see today? Yeah, I would say um, it is using devices on unsecured networks. I think that's that's one, um, particularly our, our um, you know, people who are still doing a lot of travel, um, going through airports, connecting to airport networks without running sort of like a VPN uh, on your device. That's pretty risky. There's a lot of malicious stuff that lives in those public spaces, airports, transit centers, um, public Wi-Fi is at coffee shops, right? That is a, um, it's it's a sort of a target rich environment and, and bad guys know that. And so they will set up, you know, hardware that's that's scanning and, and trying to access, um, you know, open ports and things like that. So that is a, that's one key area where we do some consulting on and help our clients. And by putting, you know, certain things on their devices that help um, encrypt or, or sort of cloak what they're doing, it makes them more secure. So that's one. I would say the other piece is, targeted spear phishing. Um, we're all familiar kind of with phishing and, and we've probably got IT people that send us tests, you know, emails here or there to see if we'll click the link. Um, the interesting thing that we're seeing now is, is the targeted spear phishing based on the information that people are able to find on these data brokerage sites. Um, it's, it's really good. It, it's really, really good um, attempts to get you to click. Um, they play on psychology and, and things that are close to you. So for example, I may get a targeted email that's from my neighbor um, and it says, hey, Max, this is your neighbor, Jim. Uh, we just had somebody try to break into our house. Um, here's the ring video of it. Have you seen this person in the neighborhood before? Well, me being a security guy, I can go through the best training in the world, but my initial reaction is going to be, yeah, I want to see if this person you know, was around my house recently and I'm going to click that link. Um, so they're able to get that because when you run my information, it doesn't just pull up my profiles on these sites. It pulls up the profiles of my neighbors and my family members. So if you want to send a spear phishing attempt and say, you know, Max, this is your mom, and you created a fake email address, uh, like a fake Gmail account, right, that's in my mom's name, and you send it to me, if there's some sort of urgent need behind it, somebody's in the hospital or something happened, you know, hey, can you take a look at this? Tell me if this looks normal. This is the bill that they're sending me, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, because they're coming in, in name and likeness of people that are close to you, it's really easy to get people to click those links. And then once you've done that, uh, it's a free-for-all, man. They get into your system and uh, there's a lot of bad stuff that, that they can do on your computer and on your phone. 
And how do you see the landscape changing over the last 10, 20 years since you've been in this business? And, and what, what really keeps you up at night with your clients these days? Yeah, so um, it's the sophistication of the bad actors. We, technology is becoming such a piece of everyday life um, that it used to be, you know, when we thought about hackers 20 years ago, it was somebody who had, you know, very specialized skills in computers and, you know, writing code and, and hacking into systems kind of on the back end. And it was kind of this matrix feeling, right? It wasn't for everybody. It was only a certain uh, group that had the skill set and the capabilities to do that. What we're seeing now is people are so comfortable with technology that just about anybody uh, can, you know, if they're creative enough um, and they pay $20 a month to access one of these websites that sells people's data, they, most people can um, find somebody that they can exploit and it doesn't take a lot of effort. And that's the thing for me, you know, we can do education as much as we want, but like I was talking about with the spear phishing is, is you can be the most trained person in the world on cybersecurity, but if you get an email that looks like it's from your parent and it's, you know, life or death or, or an emergency, there's still a high success rate of, of people clicking those links. Um, and that's that's the piece for me that, that's really starting to keep me up is this is becoming a very lucrative thing for these bad actors. Um, they're making a lot of money um, by ripping people off and it, it's only going to get worse, right? It's like anything. If there's if there's money to be made, that's going to drive the uh, that's going to drive the, the group of people that are doing it. And uh, unfortunately, they're, they're pretty successful at it right now. Yeah, I read an article in The New Yorker a couple of months ago about how this industry has almost become like white collar normalized where there are norms and there are um, a, a, a cadence to these, you know, hackers and these cyber criminals where it, it's almost like a quasi a corporate business now. And they understand, you know, how they can hack people, what they can expect to, to derive in terms of value. And they, they're like on salary with bonuses. It, it's become a, an entire industry onto itself in many ways. Yeah, it has. There's there's kind of, I break it down into two different segments. There's the individual bad actor, right? That is, you know, sophisticated and understands how to leverage this data to commit crimes. Uh, but then there's the organized, like you're saying, the organized groups that are out there. Um, in, in some previous investigative work that I've done, I've tracked down some of these groups. And I'm talking about the ones that do the typical, like, um, I'm going to give you $2 million for your foundation. You need to wire me $800 through Western Union to make sure that the transfer goes through, right? Like the typical kind of um, you know, Nigerian prince type scams, things like that. Um, and I've tracked down some of those teams before and, and yeah, they operate in call centers with hundreds of employees that are sending out emails and, and taking the calls and they have, you know, actual callback numbers and account numbers. I mean, it is a full on business operation, uh, with the purpose of defrauding people. And, and it's, it's, it's only, um, it's only getting worse. I, I guess that's, you know, I try not to be super pessimistic about this stuff, but uh, this is a problem that's not going away anytime soon. And again, we can't solve it for the world, um, but we can solve it for our clients. And that's that's what we're focused on. So this next level of service you provide is digital hardening. Could you d unpack that term and, and what that looks like in reality? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have some experts on staff um, that have worked in you know national security space and the intelligence community and things like that. And so they're truly the experts at um, secure and encrypted communications and making sure that uh, people are operating, you know, not not in a clandestine or covert sense, uh, but in a, in a safe and smart is kind of how I like to, to describe it. And so um, we will come in and work with our clients and, and do some training with them. We'll get them set up with things like um, 
different buckets that they can segment their web activity into. So if you're doing anything that requires a password, like your banking or anything like that, you're going to put it in you know one bucket. If you're doing stuff that is um, like casual browsing, right? You're just reading the news or you're updating, you know, your fantasy football trade or whatever's going on. That's in a different bucket. So that if there is a compromise one where one spot because one of those sites is less secure, it doesn't spill over across your entire um, computer and, and get into everything that you're doing. Um, so there's that's a that's a reason for it. There's other things like checking the home networks, making sure the access ports are closed, checking the strength of the Wi-Fi and making sure that you're not blasting your signal, you know, a half a mile down the street. Uh, because we've seen where um, if you're a, a potentially targeted individual, somebody can pull up, park, throw on an orange vest and a clipboard and, uh, you know, hack into your home network. Um, my, my joke is, is that anybody with a clipboard and an orange vest can get through like 99% of the physical security barriers that are out there. Um, and so it, it happens. Like, uh, you know, these are not uh, worst case scenarios that we're making up. These are things that are happening every single day. And so if that person tries to get into our client's network and they realize that they're running a VPN and that there's layers of security and that things are encrypted, it's not that they can never be hacked, right? If a nation state actor like China wants to hack your network, they're gonna do it. Um, and if that happens, like, good luck. I have some people I can connect you with, but that's not gonna be us running that incident management. But what we're doing is we're making you the hardest target on the block um, because the vast majority of this is opportunistic. And if they're trying to get into your network and they realize, you know, they can see pretty quickly that you're running these layers of protection, it's not even worth their time because they're going to move on to somebody else who's not doing anything. Um, so again, we can't make you, you know, Fort Knox, right? We can't completely lock you down. And, and frankly, you don't want that because if we do that, that means you're in an area where you can't take your computer off your home network uh, because anytime you try to take it off your home network, it just won't work. Um, and so that's kind of how we set up is, is we make you the, the kind of the, you know, the hardest, the hardest egg to crack, if you will. And then when there is an active threat, what does the response look like? And what's the typical fact pattern that you see for individuals and families that it, it rises to a level of, oh shit, I got to call Max. Yeah. So those oh shit moments are uh, why we're in business, right? We, we handle those for, for our clients. Um, if you're, if you're enrolled with us at sort of our, you know, concierge level where, where we're doing all this, right. We come into your home, we do the hardening and things like that. You're going to have the cell phone number of a dedicated um, expert, right? We're not going to give you a 1-800 number. You're going to have one of our team members. You're going to have their direct contact information. And we get calls. Some of our clients send us messages every day. Um, they can be things like, hey, I'm thinking about downloading this app from the um, app store. Is it safe? And our team will take a look and just make sure that there's nothing uh, malicious associated with that app. There's other things like, hey, uh, Apple, and I'm not picking on Apple, I'm just using them as an example, uh, said my account, you know, my iCloud account's been compromised. I need to reset my password. Um, can you help with it? We will take that on for our clients and we'll contact, we'll say, okay, get a callback number and give it to us and we will contact Apple. We'll work through kind of the tech support piece of it um, to make sure that it's not one of these sophisticated spear phishing campaigns and to make sure it's actually legitimate, um, right? We've seen them on both sides. So we know kind of what to look for and, and what can trip people up. Um, so we'll do all of that. So it's truly that, that um, kind of white glove level service. When it comes to a compromise or potential compromise, you know, we have had clients where it's like, hey, you know, oops, I clicked the link and I think my stuff is in trouble now. Um, we will go out to their site and check all their devices um, and do an assessment. We actually had one of our clients um, who was local. He brought in all of his equipment, um, his you know desktop computer, he brought in his hard drive, everything like that. And we hooked it up to our systems and one of our experts went through 
everything, right? And it was to the extent of, um, hey, I see this program. Are you using this or do you know it? It's like, oh yeah, I downloaded that a long time ago, but I don't use it. Cool, we'll delete it. Then there was where it's like we found stuff that wasn't supposed to be there. And it's like, do you know what this is? No, I've never heard of it. I've never downloaded it. Cool. That Those are kind of things that um, bad actors will leave on the back end that lets them reaccess and re um, kind of hack back into computer systems. So we'll go through and, and do the incident response and, and help clean all of that up. Um, to make sure that there's no vulnerabilities that exist uh, to get exploited, you know, later down the road. I'm not, I don't think it's everybody in the team, but the vast majority of your folks are former military. To what extent does that provide value to your clients in your experience? Yeah, so it's, I mean, that's a great question. And, and it's one of the things that is, I think, really makes us unique. Um, we all come from a background where, if we can't figure out the the smartest way to go around a wall to get into a room, we're just going to crash through the wall and get in there anyways, right? And that's kind of our mentality is there are no barriers. Um, there's no challenges that are too difficult for us to solve. Um, and we come from a very responsive and reactive background. Um, we aren't going to say, oh, yeah, okay, well, we'll call you back, you know, on Tuesday. It's, all right, you have a problem. We're going to solve it right now. That is our mentality. That's That's how we've always operated. Um, and doing it in a way that's that's smart and replicable. Um, we have strong processes in place. We've seen these issues before. If you're a client that comes to us with a potential compromise or something, you're not going to be the first. We've already seen it. We've handled it multiple times because we're in this space and we're providing that service. So, you know, you're not alone. You've got a team that genuinely cares about you, is committed to protecting you and, and values that mission um, and has that mentality. And I, and I think that's one of the things that, that makes us um, super unique as an organization. Yeah, well, and thank you for your service. Um, what about folks who, who I, I would think a really dangerous fact pattern is somebody who says, well, I don't, I'm not on social media. You know, I've only got a, an email address. I'm, I've had my liquidity event. I'm out of the game. You know, I don't have Windows, uh, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> what do you tell those type of folks, that false sense of safety? So I use my I use my dad as an example here. So my dad is like completely he hates technology. I don't think he's ever had an email address in his life. He's never he doesn't use a computer. He lives on a farm and he very much enjoys that lifestyle. Um, and so like I've showed my dad his complete profile on the internet and it just blows his mind because he truly has never had social media. He's never had he's probably had the lowest online presence of anybody that I've met, you know, in my life. Um, and yet his still his stuff is still out there. Um, he has a business, he has a farm. So he's got LLCs that are out there. So you can find the LLC information. You can find the address. You can find his phone numbers, you can find his social and his birth date and everything. Um, probably the only thing he doesn't have is an email address because he's never actually had an email address. Um, but th that's to, to illustrate the point really that this isn't a problem that's driven by social media and the amount of information that you're putting out there willfully, right? Um, this isn't like I have a Facebook and everybody knows my information because I have a Facebook profile and I update it. That's not where this data is coming in from. This data is coming in from things like uh, a customer loyalty card um, at, at your local supermarket. Uh, we had a client who uh, is an entertainer. Um, she's a musician. And we worked with her pretty early stage in, in her career and made sure that her information was locked down. Um, we would run scans and we weren't finding any information on her, which was great, right? We had done everything right. Um, no information was in her true name. No information was popping up like her address or anything like that. And then one day her address popped up on like 60 different sites. I mean, bam, just everywhere. 
And so we called her and said, hey, uh, your information popped up on like 60 different sites. Where did you disclose your address? Because this is your new apartment that you just moved into two months ago. So it's pretty new. Um, so this had to have just happened recently. She said, well, I didn't uh, give my address anywhere except for I signed up for a membership at a gym and I used my name and address there um, for my gym membership card. So uh, I'm not going to name the specific gym, but we went through and looked at their terms and conditions and right there in the fine print that nobody ever reads, uh, they said that, yeah, we have the right to sell your data and clearly they do. Um, and so because she used her, her real address to sign up for a gym membership, within hours, it hit 60 different sites. And so that's where this information is coming in. It's coming in from car dealerships when you loan uh, or lease or, or finance a vehicle. Um, it's coming in from business affiliations. It's not coming in from, you know, Twitter or Facebook, Instagram, anything like that. So if, if there's takeaways here from a listener who wants to up their game in, in terms of their protection or just be more aware of their digital security, what are some, what are some housekeeping items that you would recommend? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, social media is, is okay, right? It's just be smart about what you're posting. That's, that's one thing. That's just from my protective standpoint. Um, you know, again, like I talked about earlier, my kind of common things are don't post where you are while you're there. Don't post, you know, when you're traveling, because if somebody's able to find your address and they're following you on social media, and then you say, Hey, I'm uh, on a trip to New York, then they know where you live and they know that you're not home. Right. So if they're going to commit a burglary, that's a prime time to do it. Um, Rob Gronkowski, uh, famous tight end for the Patriots and, and now the Bucks, um, his apartment was burglarized while he was at the Super Bowl uh, because somebody was able to find his information and they knew that he wasn't home clearly because he was at the Super Bowl playing. Um, and so they hit his house and, and they robbed it. Um, it. You know, things like that are, are kind of some of the, the lowest uh, lowest barrier kind of common sense things that I can that I can kind of put out there for clients on. Hey, here's some basic one on one level things you can do to protect yourself. Um, having a guest network in your home so that when people come over, they're not connecting to or your network that your work computer is on. They're connecting to a guest network. Um, the reason for that is not that your guests are bad people who are untrustworthy. They may have something on their device, right? They Their device may not be clear. Um, and so if they connect to your home network, then whatever they have, right? If you think of it like cooties, maybe the cooties now get onto your stuff. And, and so trying to prevent those from happening. You know, those are some pretty basic steps. Um, other things are, you know, we help our clients, um, I guess, backing up. There's certain sites we can't delete from, right? We're not going to go out and hack government sites. We're not going to delete from those. So if you're making a political contribution, that information is, is public and can be found on fec.gov. Um, you have to list an address. It doesn't have to be your home address. You can list a business address. You can list a uh, PO box, things like that to prevent your information from getting out there. Because once it's out there, right, it's really hard to put the cat back in the bag. Um, and so we'll help people with, with those kinds of things. Um, another area to be to really think about is um, executives who are working in a company that's pre-IPO. Um, there is a lot of information disclosure that happens uh, for SEC filings at that time. And uh, that is an area where a lot of people get tripped up is because filling out the forms, your true phone numbers and addresses and things like that will get listed on the on the discovery forms. Um, that all becomes public record. Um, and so that's another area where we like to, to help our clients, um, you know, get out in front of it and prevent those information disclosures from occurring in the first place. So let's move to lightning round. And we, we did not do this on the pre-call, so this will be fun. First question, and any investors that are listening, any of my investors that are listening, this is not for me. I'm just curious. Can you, can you help people go off grid, like really off grid? We can help get people pretty off grid. I can't, 
I can't guarantee that I'll ever get you fully off grid, especially if your information is already out there. Um, but we can help people get pretty close or at least the most off grid of, of anybody who's in their network or friend group or people that they talk to. Coolest story that you have from working the Olympics and the Super Bowl. Man, um, the Olympics was really cool because we got to work with so many different stakeholders, right? Uh, Brazilian, you know, law enforcement authorities, uh, State Department people from the U.S. that were down there, other countries, you know, um, security and intelligence services. And it was a cool mission set because we were all on the same page, right? We were just trying to make sure that the games went off, um, you know, smoothly, um, that there were no incidents that happened. And, and we had a very successful game. If you remember um, that was kind of during the height of ISIS. There was a lot of concern that ISIS was going to try to do something at the Olympics. Um, so there was a lot of security work that was going on. And frankly, you know, Brazil doesn't have all the resources that, um, you know, uh, the United States or Canada or some of the European countries do. Um, so it took a lot of work, uh, working with everybody in coordination. And, and, and I'm super proud of my, my time there and making sure that it went off without uh, any significant sort of incidents. We talked about this on the pre-call. We're both big hockey fans. Will the Kraken first year are they going to make the playoffs this year i think they're going to make the playoffs because they're kind of uh surrounded by some other uh teams that are struggling a little bit i think they're gonna make the playoffs i don't know how big of a push they're gonna make but i would love to see a stanley cup final uh in the first year kind of like vegas got to experience so i am i am very much rooting for it well you beat up my predators both physically <laughs> and on the score sheet uh, the other day so but I'm all for it. I think new markets like Seattle's had an awesome, um, uh, you know, junior team for a long time. And so I'm, I'm super happy for them. And I would love to go out there and grab a beer with you and go to a game. Um, Max, I want to thank you for coming on. If people are interested in learning more about you or the firm, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, so our website is 360privacy.io. So the number is 360privacy.io. Um, you can find us there. We have a contact form that you can fill out there. It gives a little story of the company and sort of who we are and the services we provide. Um, or you can reach out to me directly. My email is manderson, so manderson at 360privacy.io. Um, and always happy to talk to people. I don't traditionally wear like a sales hat. There's no um, super heavy pitch or anything like that. You know, we are partners in this space. We want to be good security partners. We want to help people. That is our ultimate goal is protecting people and keeping them safe. Um, so anything that you have a question about or you just want to chat about, I'm always um, happy to jump on a call and, and walk through it. Awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And like we said, kind of on the intro, this whole cybersecurity space is really becoming topical, relevant, and, and, I, and I think primary for a lot of individuals and families. So you all are doing incredible work and um, Maybe we'll do a follow-up interview and, and the space is changing so much that I think we'd probably have a lot to cover, but appreciate you taking the time and look forward to staying in touch. Yeah, I know this has been great. I appreciate it. I appreciate the time. And, and uh, like I said, happy to help. Feel free to reach out anytime. Thanks, Max. Thank you for joining the conversation on Colloquium. This episode is brought to you by Excelsior Capital, an investment platform focused on democratizing private equity by providing individuals access to direct opportunities. To learn more about the firm, please visit excelsiorgp.com and connect with Brian on LinkedIn. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.